Welcome to the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report, an hour-long Aggie football show heard weekly on the CRM Sports Network in this station. I'm your host, Gabe Bach, and coming up on the program, man, we've got to look back on A&M's narrow escape of lowly Nickel State. This team picked fifth in the Southland Conference comes in and could have very well beaten A&M in week two. Aggies limping in. It was a tough week. Well, a short week after going to the Rose Bowl and blowing a 34-point lead. Nickel State coming in after a last-second field goal to beat McNeese. And they were riding high, and A&M was licking their wounds. You had the Regent calling out Coach Kevin Sumlin and for his job on Facebook. You had uh, the threatening letter to the Sumlin family, and it was a horrible week here for A&M and especially the head coach. And with all the heat and hot seat talk and everything else, could have been a lot worse. But a 24-14 escape in the home opener at Kyle Field on Saturday. We're going to dive into the quarterback position and the dilemma facing Kevin Sumlin and this staff regarding what to do at QB. Do you roll with the veteran, Jay Kubinick? Do you do whatever it takes to win now, which would be the veteran? Or do you commit to developing the young but talented Kellen Mond? Do you risk dropping another game in September? And that's a proposition, if you do, that Sumlin can probably not afford, considering the temperature of his seat. So he's got a tough call to make. Coming up on the show, we're going to be joined this hour by Texax columnist Olin Buchanan. We'll look back on what went right and what went wrong in the game against Nickel State. ESPN.com Sam Kahn, and we go big picture and a look at the temperature of Kevin Sumlin's seat and what faces him here moving forward as he's in must-win mode and hanging by a thread here as it would appear. And then ESPN and SEC Network host and reporter Laura Rutledge is back with us along the way as well. As we roll along here, good to have you. It's the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. Why? because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom Light Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom Light Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader trade-in marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryant or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. As a business owner, your daily focus is on increasing sales, decreasing expenses, and maximizing profit. And while you may have insurance for your business, you may not know if the coverage is adequate or if you're paying too much. With Dexter & Company Insurance, they'd like to help you out. Since 1876, Dexter & Company has been serving the business, home, and auto insurance needs of Texans for a reason. They provide the most comprehensive insurance coverage at the best price. For a quote on your insurance, call 764-8444 or click DexterCompany.com and see what Dexter & Company can do for you. Allergy congestion. Cut grass. Cat on the sofa. Dust in the carpet. Whenever allergy congestion makes you feel trapped, break through with Allegra D for 5-in-1, 24-hour multi-symptom relief. Allegra D combines a non-drowsy antihistamine with a powerful decongestant for fast relief that starts working in just one hour. Break through allergy congestion with Allegra D. Use only as directed. Guaranteed or your money back. Visit Allegra.com. Okay, keep your eyes closed. Okay. I want to show you my first ever painting. All right. Okay. Open your eyes. Oh, that's a lot of colors Mm -hmm. (laughs) and shapes. So be honest. What do you think? Well, uh, I like how if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Oh, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. Here, why don't I hold your paintbrush while you call them? Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. Hey, it's Larry. Thanks for calling, but I'm buried in books at the library right now trying to figure out what all these hidden fees are on my mobile bill. State fees, federal fees, administrative fees, NTS surcharge? What the heck is an NTS surcharge? If you know, could you please leave a message? Well, do I need a switch? Getting buried in hidden fees? Switch to Boost Mobile, where your taxes and fees are now included on all plans. Plus, get two lines with three gigs of 4G LTE per line for just $50. All on the fast and reliable Sprint Nationwide Network. 
With MetroPCS, you'll spend $5 more and only get 2 gigs. Sorry, MetroPCS. Switch happens. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 11-217. Primary line is $50 with second line $0 per month. The total sales price includes the charge for services, taxes, and fees. Requires one line to port in. Lines include unlimited talk, text, and data. Once high-speed data, alarm and reach. Speeds reduced to 2G speeds until next line cycle. Comparison based on MetroPCS's two lines for $55 per month. Two gigabyte plan as of 8-21-17. For additional details, visit their website. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. Back, Gabe Bach with you. It is the Tex-Ax Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network, and we're joined in studio right now by our columnist and Heisman voter Owen Buchanan. Looking at that 24-14 win over Nickel State, which was way too close for comfort, and a look at what went right. What did you see from the press box? It was a 24-14 narrow escape of Nickel State, a bad Nickel State team. Yeah, again, the, the Aggies started fast, uh, and then I guess Nickel State, made some defensive adjustments, and the next thing you know, you know, the A&M needed a uh, what could be called a questionable pass interference call and a subsequent uh, unsportsmanlike conduct call on the coach from Nichols protesting that. So yep. 30 yards and penalties to, to get the next touchdown and uh, other th- and then didn't score again yeah, until the fourth point. quarter. At the time, you didn't realize how big that might have been. It was 14 nothing. It kind of looked like AM was going to roll. Mm-hmm. It was what, TD punt and then a gift wrap TD. It's right. like 14 nothing. They're probably getting ready to cave. They're a bad team anyway. Needed a field goal to beat McNeese, pick fifth in the Southland preseason. But oh no, they came here punching and fighting, and AM had very little of either, didn't they? Uh, well, yeah, after that first, really after that first series, that first series, I thought, okay, you know, we're going to see a team that's angry about the way uh, the UCLA game finished right. and is going to come in with a, an attitude, chip on his shoulder, wanting to to prove that somebody was going to, you know, that that their frustration was going to be taken out on on Nichols, and it right. just wasn't the case. And um, I know after the game, the 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 message was, "Hey, you know, any win's a good win. I'm just glad to get a win." And I'm not of that mind. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder how Sean Porter would have felt about that. He wouldn't. He would have felt quite the opposite. And that, that I really, the, what I thought about, uh, to be honest, and maybe this is unfair, but the first thing that came to mind when when I was hearing that uh, was Dennis Francione after the uh, Southwest Texas oh, State yeah. win oh, on yeah. that Hurricane Thursday night. night. Remember it? Yep. And you're like, well, I don't know how good I'd feel about that. And oh, by the way, that Texas State team, <clears throat> I think, proved to be pretty good. Uh, a lot better than this Nickel State team, I bet, will, yeah. will end up being. And, and I think I heard the same thing after Arkansas State. No, Army. Army, right, from Fran. Yeah, and so, 2006. you know, some wins, you know, I mean, they all count as a win, obviously. But big-time programs, you know, you look for them to steamroll um, lesser opponents. Now, that said, look, I, I watched uh, Ole Miss for a half have all kinds of trouble with 17, Tennessee 16 Martin. 16 in the third quarter. Tennessee right. Martin had some running back that looked like, you know, a big <laughs> All-American running against that right. defense. And then I saw Kentucky having all kinds of trouble against yep. Eastern Kentucky. Same score, 17-16 in the fourth quarter in that game. So, so that happens, but you know, do, don't you aspire to be more than Kentucky? Oh, absolutely. A&M doesn't aspire to be in that group. A&M aspires so, to be in the upper echelon of the SEC. So hopefully we'll see a team that decides that uh, – it's somewhat embarrassed by two weeks of of uh, of its performances and come back uh, next on Saturday well, and, and play really well because you know what they'll have to play better than they get against Nichols to beat Louisiana. Well, because it, it looks like a team that a bad Arkansas team would roll. It looks like a team that a much improved on paper. It looks like early in the going South Carolina could come to Kyle Field and get a win. And as we've talked about, if someone is still, if he is, and who knows, but if he is still hanging by a thread. He can't afford to lose either of those games. This was for three quarters, for three and a half quarters. This, to me, I was, if I was an Aggie, and I am an Aggie, but all these Aggies around me, they were just as embarrassed by this showing as they were that comeback. Now, that other one was historic. But what you want to see with a coach that's on the hot seat is the players responding to come out here and not get in a four quarter pillow fight with Nickel State. That was embarrassing. I, I mean, 
can you yeah can you imagine you know just turning on your tv and you're not an aggie or anything don't have a dog in the hunt don't don't like a&m don't dislike them but you turn on the tv and there's 12 minutes to go in the game and you're seeing 14 to 14 yeah and you know what's the reaction and they say wow man what is what's gotten the, the, these guys blew a big lead and you sit in california and now they're 14 to 14 with right with nickels what's going on there and if it weren't for the third team quarterback and the third team running back they might have well lost that game and obviously getting the, the, the back-to-back penalties early in the football game yeah. on, on Nichols were huge. But it took Kendall Bussey and Jake Hubenack. Hubenack's not like he lit the world on fire. What was he, 12 of 15, 93 yards. Very efficient. He was efficient. He moved the football. He moved the chains. He had the threat one of, those of the pass, lost, which one, opened up Bussey. I understand one of those, uh, those uh, in, incompletions was uh, just an egregious drop in the end zone. Right. Yeah, exactly. Of course, the game was won by then, too. Should not have even thrown that pass Maybe because not, you were inside 40 seconds. McNichols had no timeouts, and the game was over. What you did on that drop is risk a, another block kick and a run back for a touchdown, which could have tied it. Yeah. You risked it. Uh, it's and, true. and I know it's they true. milked clock better than they did the week before. They did. Jake was smart. They absolutely it. did that. But at the same time, clock management still comes in when you've got the game won. Maurice Jones-Drew would be shaking his head, right? The yeah, guy right. who did he, fall, down fall down before going into a walk-in touchdown because right. he knew he the game was more important game, right. than the score. Um, so I saw what I liked from the game was that uh, Bussy came out and played oh, yeah. so hard and ran well. Clyde Chris showed me something. I agree. Um, and the run defense again. Now mm-hmm. you can say, well, how they they should be good against Nichols. That's true. But war, but bad teams have run on they've them. They've done it before, and I really like what I'm seeing from the linebacker play early. I agree with that. But the offensive line issues have got to be addressed. I don't know what they're doing. I know that uh, Jim Turner knows more about offensive line play than I'll ever begin to know I don't know a fraction but some of the decisions personnel decisions they've made just strike me as being somewhat questionable because quite frankly I saw one of their starters at tackle get owned by a FCS defensive Mm -hmm. end Colton Prater was just flat getting beat he got backed into his own quarterback, and then they moved him to right tackle. He kept whiffing, and then they moved him to left guard. Left tackle to right tackle to guard. He sacked his own guy. He sacked his own dude at left guard. At that point, and I'm, I, and I'm still trying to figure it out, OB. Who is he? What is he? They thought he was a center. He's he on the center. Remington watch list. The only position he hadn't played yet center, but he's played all over, and he hadn't played good at any of them. You know, I thought that he when the, when the talk was he was going to play center and – Eric McCoy was going to be guard, and Colton Martin was going to be next to it. I thought that sat, looked like a, a pretty sound offensive line uh, because he's not a – Prater's not a big guy as linemen go. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's, like, he's big compared to us. Uh, but he looked the part of a center. He does not look the part as a tackle to me. And if he's going to be getting beat by uh, guys from Nichols, gosh, what's going to happen when – you know, you got some big SEC defensive ends. When, yeah. when, when, what if that's Arden Key coming at you? Well, we saw what Jonathan Allen did. So Same kind of stuff was happening. And so, this is Nickel State. So, um, to, to me, the offensive line uh, is in a, in a crisis. We'll have more with Owen Buchanan right after this on the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Is the Texags Maroon and White Report, CRM Sports Network, Gabe Bach with you with Olin Buchanan in studio. They're wrestling with what their identity is offensively, is what they're doing. And otherwise, Travion Williams wouldn't have one carry in the second quarter when you got a chance to put them away. I think they're wrestling with that. They're trying to force feed Mond, who's not ready. Uh, and if he is, they're, and when he was in there, they weren't really allowing him to do the things that were working against UCLA. There's an identity crisis offensively, I think. The I defense, think, at least, I think, feels like they're pretty good in the middle, right? They're pretty good at linebacker, pretty good at DT, and can slow down the run. Should be a much improved run defense. At least they've got that going for them. Yeah, my biggest concern on defense right now is the safety play. I know. Co- covering the middle of the field. Yep, yep. Because, yeah, again – with your with your young corners, I understand that sometimes you're going to make 
Miles Jones and someone and and uh, whoever it's going to be Renfro or whoever right. is going to give up some plays, yeah. but he's going to make some plays Oliver. too. Mm-hmm. You know that's just going to happen. It happens right. with with experienced corners, but A and M has had had trouble uh, covering the middle of the field all of last year. Now, to what I I like the idea of saying, hey, you know we're a running team that's going to try to pass to uh, to complement the running game as opposed to the way it has been all the time before in the last five years. It's been kind of a passing thing that runs to complement it. Uh, I I wonder if what what maybe you're suggesting without meaning to is that A&M has, under the current coaching regime, has always done things to a certain certain way Mm -hmm. and still trying to do that, but they're trying to get the quarterback ready to – in a position where he can do what AM has always done rather than just saying, okay, look, this is what we got now. This is our strength. Let's play to our strength. Are they playing to their weakness? Possibly, yeah. And look, when they needed to win the game, they went back to what works. And they used their third-team quarterback and their third-team running back, and they pounded the football, right? And that's what works. That's what works for this team. I think their best <laughs> position is the running back position. Well, And, and you know, now I could – possibly you know envision these guys sitting in the coach in their office room saying look when we go out against South Carolina maybe not South Carolina's the best example but when we go against Arkansas Auburn maybe Arkansas's not a good example but we go against Alabama the Auburn tier teams. LSU mm-hmm. some of these teams on our schedule if we're not going to line up and just push these guys around so we have to be able to throw the ball and so we've got to somehow develop more of a passing threat uh, but to be able to play Florida and Alabama and Auburn and LSU and some of these other teams head up because we're not going to just just power over those guys. Which makes and a so lot the of only sense. way we're going to be able to do that is if we get our most talented quarterback and we, we – you know, we – Get him cramming for an exam, and get him as much work as we can doing these other things. But how many times do you have to fail the exam? And it's not necessarily his fault, I, whether he's ready or not. A lot of freshman quarterbacks aren't ready. I'm just trying to look at things from all. And I get that. No, and I, I agree. And it would make a lot of sense why if we're going to beat, if we're going to make a run here, we got to develop a quarterback. We're all in the dang hot seat, right? We can't be going with Jake and win eight games. We got to go with a young guy, develop, and have a bright future quarterback, and prove that mm-hmm. at the table. Go to the table with a bright young quarterback that's getting better as the season goes along and still get to at least eight. They, that's their hope, right? That's right. their hope certificate, as Hunter Goodwin would say. And But how many times does it not have to work before you have to scrap that plan? Because this season's more important than next season, OB, because this season is happening Saturday. Yeah. It happened last Saturday, and it's happening the ensuing Saturdays in 2017. Yeah, my, my th- thinking on it is, is you know, get, get me a, if you can – Against Nichols or in Louisiana Lafayette, get a big halftime lead and then work on it in the second half. And someone says, "Oh, you're trying to run up the score." No, I'm trying. You know, I'm trying to get ready for the rest of the season. Right. And if, like UCLA, it stalls and the other team starts mounting a comeback, then you say, "Okay, well, we're going to have to work on it in practice. Let's run clock," which they didn't do two weeks ago. Which Kevin Sumlin even pointed out that they did against Nichols that they. Uh, manage the clock better, did. And, and then you, you you do that. But um, that's what I thought Nichols and Louisiana would be. It'd be a chance to get an easy win and then work on some things. I don't think you want to make it into a more difficult win than it has to be. Would you start Mon in that vein, knowing that Louisiana gives up p- points exponentially, right? Louisiana Lafayette gave up 66 to Tulsa. You're like, look, Kellen Mon should go out there and score us 40 against this horrible defense. And back-to-back weeks against bad teams have run up the numbers on them. Can A&M run up the numbers with Kellen Mond? Do you go and say, this is kind of a last gasp. Like, we got to figure it out. Start Mond, see if he's good, have a quick trigger if he's not, because you got to win the game. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. If if he's struggling, though, go ahead and go to uh, Hoopinac and see if that's going to help you win the game. But but I don't have a problem with with starting Mond at all. Again, I think I see flashes of, of all the things that make you – so like this guy's going to be right. something special someday. You mm-hmm. see the flashes in it, but uh, I need more than a flash. Right. So if if you get into a second quarter where you're only gaining 13 yards, 
then I would make a a move and say, hey, we need a spark. We've had a two or three series have gone nowhere. You know, we're going to let Jake come in here and see if he can give us a spark. And oh, by the way, what if he does? If he does, and you get, end up getting a three or four touchdown lead, then take him out and bring Kellen back. Right. I would sit him down and say, look, this is. And I'm sure they've done this. Here's your strengths and weaknesses that we're seeing. Here's what we're what we're working toward. And if we take you out, it's it's not a reason to to panic or get down on yourself. It's because you know you're, you're learning. I think you're smart enough to know this. Absolutely. Six nine three eleven fifty. What do you think about the game? He's learning on the fly. What do you think moving forward in the moves you would make? The quarterback position. Uh, pass defense, the O-line concerns. I'm more concerned against the offensive line than I am the quarterback. I'll say that. I am too. Because of Hubenak, right? Because you at least know you've got a guy that can be a calm and steadying force. Not a superstar, but maybe the calm and steadying, confident leader that this particular offense needs so desperately. If you don't have a really good quarterback, you better have a really good offensive line. Right. And, And I'm not seeing that from the offensive line. Yeah, biggest concern on the team right now? I think so. And I really thought it was going to be pretty good because of the way I thought they were going to go out with the returning starters guard to guard and you know some new tackles. A couple positives quick for the break. 11 guys had at least one catch. All right, so saw a couple of little things. I want to see Osborne do, uh, catch the football when it goes to him. I want to see more separation from these receivers. But they spread it around a little bit better. No turnovers yet. And plus five, that's A&M's third in the country in, in turnover margin here early. Plus five with a bunch of young guys. What they're not doing is throwing it to the other guys, which you would imagine in all the struggles, that would also be a compound element. That's not happening. Run defense, as you said, 74 yards allowed. Uh, Trapuca, 48 yards. He's one of the best punters he's in the having, country. He's having a really good start yeah, to the year. Very much is. And Dalen Mack. I thought had some good snaps. Now, is this Mac beasting on little guys like he did in East Texas, or is this a sign of what could be to come from an upperclassman wearing number five on defense? We won't know that for about two weeks. <laughs> That's right. They played him a lot. Yeah, he played. He was. I thought he was one of the three or four better. Pl- had th- one of the three or four better individual performances in the game. He knocked their starting running back out. Right. But again, is it because that you know you're going against? guys that just quite frankly aren't at your physical level or is it because you've raised your game as a junior right you'd hope that's because he's raised his game as a junior but we'll have to wait and see mac a top three player was is your number one hands down bussy what he did 92 yards in the fourth quarter to end that game especially when you consider he's my player of the game hands down uh maybe uh, yeah i thought uh, tyrell dodson was really good again yeah, he was um uh, so uh but uh, if you said bussy i wouldn't argue that 92 yards in the fourth quarter. I thought Christian oh, was was really good at what he can do. Mm-hmm. You know, he can't he can't do anything unless you get him the ball. Yeah. And that one touchdown, I mean, he just burned McNeese bad. I mean, I mean, sorry, uh, Nichols bad, as you would expect him to do. Right. But Christian never disappoints you. 28-yard run, I'd hand it to him again. Yeah. You know, you get 13 I thought he was going to score on that. Quarter, I thought he was going to score on it. And they just uh, – was able to, I guess, get kind of a shoestring tackle on him. But, right. yeah, Kirk never disappoints you. All right, thanks to Olin Buchanan. When we come back, we'll do an ESPN block with ESPN and SEC Network's Laura Rutledge and Sam Kahn of ESPN.com will join us along the way. But Laura next on the Texas Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Loans are made by WebBank. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. Wouldn't it be nice if more of your money went to savings instead of the credit card companies? It could through Avant. With a competitive fixed rate loan through Avant, you can pay your high interest credit card bills and save money. That's right. Instead of paying so much credit card interest each month, extra money could go straight to your savings. And loans through Avant are easy. It's all online with no hassles. And you could have the money within days, not weeks. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. So what are you waiting for? Go to Avant.com today. To check your rates with no impact to your credit score, go to Avant.com today. Enter promo code 2424 and Avant will give you a $50 Amazon gift card after your first installment is made on time. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 2424. Avant.com, code 2424. 
Hi, Gabe Bach here from TechSags Radio. And if you're not currently a premium or varsity level subscriber to TechSags.com, what are you waiting for? TechSags.com is the inside source for all things Aggie sports, the leaders in breaking news coverage, in-depth analysis, recruiting scoop, and more. Whether it's exclusive long-form interviews with Aggie players and coaches or insight on the next big recruit on his way to Aggieland, nobody covers A&M like TechSags. Jump on board now and don't miss out on the very best in A&M sports coverage. It's TechSags.com. Daddy, where do babies come from? Uh, well, uh... Honey? Mommy went to the store. Oh, well, you see, um... Well, there's a mommy and a daddy, right? Right. And see, when they call Geico, uh, they could save a bunch of money on car insurance. Oh, really? And that makes them happy? Yes, that makes them very happy. That's good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we could have this talk, sunshine. (laughs) Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. The forecast today is for skin itch and irritation because with warm weather like this comes all sorts of bug bites and rashes. The best way to be prepared? With the power of 10. Cortisone 10, the any itch cream that brings fast-acting, long-lasting relief. Relief that lasts 10 full hours. So let's revise that forecast because with Cortisone 10, your day is looking a whole lot better. That's the power of 10. Cortisone 10. Use as directed. Hey, Bach with you. It's the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network and talking football with ESPN and SEC Network host and reporter Laura Rutledge. What was your number one takeaway in week two of the SEC or in college football? I think we're seeing that Georgia and South Carolina may be the real deal. Um, and, you know, this is definitely against some unproven and potentially lesser competition. I don't think anyone thinks that Notre Dame is of SEC caliber, but when you look at what Georgia said on the road against Notre Dame, and that's impressive no matter how you look at it. Mm-hmm. And I think we're seeing a team that, you know, really has put themselves at the forefront in the SEC East. And the last time we talked, you know, certainly some questions about the East. And those questions still remain because we, we still don't know. I mean, we're, we're going to know a lot more about the East in week three, I believe. But this was really an opportunity for Georgia to make a statement. And, of course, they do it with a freshman quarterback who – Certainly probably would look back and say, well, I could have done this better or that better. But at the end of the day, they got the win. So that's huge for this Bulldogs program. My other takeaway, like I said, is about South Carolina. And, you know, Missouri is not up to par. They're not where they should be. Their defense is majorly, majorly down. And obviously they fired Bonnie Cross, the defensive coordinator, following the game. But Barry Odom has been calling defensive plays. And, you know, Gabe, we were there for SEC Nation. We spoke with Barry Odom before the game, and he took full responsibility for what's going on defensively. They have made slight improvements since he took over play calling, but uh, South Carolina just showed up. And, and I think to go ahead and get a, a win on the road in SEC play is just crucial. That early on in the season, they made a statement already, too. They really did. Their defense is a lot better than I thought. I was examining this defense like, okay, the the one guy knows a playmaker on defense is coming off the injury. All right, he hadn't been in this system, but he's a player. And Sky Moore. And I, I was looking at it, these stalwart, these guys. I'm like, who else do they have that you know going into the year as a playmaker defensively? And it's just the must champ factor, right? He when he's mm-hmm. when he's there, more almost almost now Auburn twenty what fifteen would have something different to say about it probably, but almost everywhere he goes. He's going to get the defense right. They're be- and I know they've got all the skill, talent offensively. That's the biggest surprise to me with South Carolina. They're pretty good defensively. Yeah, I think we all knew that Jake Bentley and Debo Samuel and Rico Dowdle, we knew they'd be good offensively, but you're right, Gabe. I mean, this defense has been a pleasant surprise for South Carolina. And I think when you look at Will Muschamp, we knew he could recruit well. We knew he could recruit absolute beasts on the defensive side. We saw so many guys drafted that were his players that he recruited from Florida. And then certainly when he got to Auburn, felt like maybe he didn't get the buy-in for some reason that he's gotten other places. Mm-hmm. But this is a different talent pool of South Carolina. It's not up to the level of the NFL caliber talent that he was getting at Florida. So to be able to coach them up to compete well against, I mean, make no bones about it. Missouri's offense is good, right? Like they, they are one of the better offenses in the SEC. They'll continue to put up some points when they face a defense that will allow them to do it. And so for them to be able to, to stop and hold back a Missouri offense that has one of the better quarterbacks in the league in Drew Locke, 
that's impressive. I'm with you. I think that's one of the surprises that we didn't really see coming, and a lot of people, like you said, thought about Sky more, but didn't know what else they had on that side of the ball. You can watch Laura on SEC Now. She does a lot of Thursday night football games on ESPN's main channel and, of course, is the host now with Marcus and Tim and Paul Feinbaum and company there at SEC Nation. Traveling road show, I think, going to Stark Vegas. Going to probably grab a little Little Dewey. Yeah, big big game coming up. We'll look back and then we'll look ahead, though. Auburn has serious – my big biggest takeaway in the SEC is Auburn's got some serious issues on offense, and I'm not sure if the reins are off Chip Lindsey to run what he wants to run. 11 sacks when Malzahn's never had a team at Auburn sack more than 19 times in the year. Well, they were sacked 11 times by a stout Clemson defense the other day. I don't know what that is. It's got to be a combination of game plan, offensive line play, and even Jarrett Stidham to some extent. Yeah, you know, Chip Lindsey came out after the game, Gabe, and said, I called every single play. You know, he was taking full responsibility. I'm with you. I'm not sure that he did. I mean, I'm not sure that they have this completely on Chip Lindsey's shoulders. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's not. I mean, at this point, it just doesn't look very smooth for Auburn's offense. Now, I will say this. I think a lot of people weren't talking about Clemson coming into this year because it's like, ah, they lose to Sean Watson. What are they really going to beat? They bowl where, I mean, Certainly some players that were a big part of that national championship run last year, but what we're seeing is a Clemson team that just kind of reloaded. I mean, they look good so far. So to me, I think we may need to give some credit to Clemson's defense, and obviously Will Venables, the defensive coordinator, so good at getting those guys disciplined. Their eye discipline is second to none. Uh, But that said, you're right. Auburn has severe issues offensively, and this has been the story. And it's just so surprising because Gus Malzahn is known for being able to just kind of plug a quarterback in and go. But maybe we're talking about Gus Malzahn benefiting more from just great quarterbacks. Cam Newton, of course, certainly comes to mind when you think about when he has had success. He's done well with those types of guys. Maybe there's more on the quarterback. It's more credit is due there than it is to Gus Malzahn. But Another thing, too, I mean, Jared Smith's still knocking off some rest. This guy hadn't played real football in about two years. And so to expect him to come in and play against this caliber of talent defensively, I think a lot of us were a little over our heads and thinking that Auburn would be the real true contender to make a threat against Alabama. At this point, I would say I would put my money more on LSU to be that team if they're able to continue the success that they've shown so far. Yeah, that's an interesting thing moving forward is the fight for the role of lead challenger to Alabama in the SEC West because <laughs> it's not just a uh, state of Alabama duel right now because LSU looks really good, but they had not played anybody. There's also a battle right. for staying out of the cellar right now, and it doesn't currently look like it's the Mississippi schools fighting for that. It looks like it's A&M and Arkansas and fighting to stay relevant there. They do meet, not this Saturday, but the Saturday after that, which should be a very interesting game. Storylines galore, need I say more, an ugly win for A&M over a bad Nichols team. And what has to be one of the worst just career weeks ever for Kevin Sumlin almost was as bad as it could be but they Aggies were able to pull it out what was your just outside looking in view of A&M this past week oh man I mean first of all I'm just uh sick for the Sumlin family the racist letter that they received I mean here's the thing like at the end of the day these are people and I don't think anyone needs a reminder of that this was disgusting and deplorable and I hope we never see anything like this again unfortunately there are people out there that don't even deserve to be people who are sending things like this to to coaches and to players and and whatever it may be. I mean, we all get these ridiculous threats, but that was just beyond any comprehension. So that aside, because I think that's a whole separate issue, this has been an unfortunate way. I mean, this is exactly what Kevin someone couldn't have happened so far this year. And this is outside of, like I said, of this letter that they received. But everything has just gone – Poorly. And I think some of it's bad luck. I mean, you know, Nick Starkle, I think, could maybe make this offense a little bit better. I think if he had had some more time, if he had been able to figure things out a little more, he, he was getting his first start on the road. Maybe we're talking about an offense that starts to click, get in a rhythm. But, of course, Starkle gets injured. Kellen Mond has been inefficient. And then you look once again, Jake Hubenak seems to be the best option at quarterback, which is not ideal for Kevin Sumlin, considering some of the talent that he has had at this quarterback spot. And guys like Kyle Allen and Kyler Murray hate to even bring up their names, mm-hmm. considering it may be unfortunate for A&M fans to even hear those names. But I think that A&M, you mentioned this Arkansas game, they have got to win this game. And, and it's kind of weird because on the Arkansas side, they would say the same thing. 
Now, one thing I would say is that depending on Kevin Sumlin's future, I don't think that they want to, you know, have to fire him during the season if it got to that point. But when I looked at that score, the Nichols game, I thought, oh, my goodness, if they can't go ahead and pull this out, this is going to be tough. Because what do you do, you know, at that point? Right. If somehow they've lost the Nichols. So, thank goodness for Anderson they were able to do that. But I do think that Brett Bielema's job is maybe slightly safer, although it's so it is. Before we let you go, three helmet stickers from week two. Who or what stood out most, Laura? So my first one, uh, I want to give to Jake Fromm at Georgia, and I think it, it makes sense based off of what I said about Georgia earlier. One of my main reasons is because uh, his Twitter handle says it's Jake from State Fromm, which is so incredibly clever. I just have to give the guy props. And also, obviously, he went on the road, and while he probably didn't play as well as some people thought he would, for a freshman, that was that was pretty good. My other moment sticker goes to Devo Samuel from South Carolina, and yes, it's because of his offensive prowess, but also he is so valuable in special teams. You, you cannot kick the ball to this guy because he will return it for a touchdown, and he continually shows that, and it's just such a – an incredible weapon to have. That is game-changing, momentum-changing all the way. Uh, my other my other helmet stick is a little weird. I don't know if you saw last night. Um, Sergio did the sideline reporter for the Monday Night Football game with Beth Mowens and uh, Rex Bryant. Yes. He had what some people uh, deemed an internet sensation of a sideline report. I want to give him a helmet sticker because he came out and was pretty funny about it and also said you know, he was just trying to give credit where it was due, and I think people, uh, you know, a lot of people loved him, a lot of people thought it was so fun and funny, but at the end of the day, it's a difficult job to do, and I don't think people realize always how hard it is to be down there and be in that moment and still yeah. offer a clear-headed perspective, and so, uh, Sergio, here's, here's a home for you, shout out for you, and if you haven't seen the report or, and what people have been talking about, it is pretty entertaining on Twitter, but um, definitely wish him the best going forward, and I hope he gets another chance. Thanks to Laura Rutledge for the time. We'll take a break. We'll continue our conversation with the ESPN family of networks and ESPN.com. Sam Kahn will join us in studio next on the Tex Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Back with you, the Texas Maroon and White Report is on the CRM Sports Network, and we're joined right now talking airtight win over Nickel State and the temperature of someone's seat, and a little bit more with ESPN.com. Sam Khan joining us in studio. Every week you get your assignment. It's always going to be. It's always fun, Sam. How's yeah, things going. Yeah, uh, busy logging yeah. a lot of miles on the car right now. Absolutely. And, well, uh, a lot of storylines in this state. Yes, a lot of. I mean, Houston Rice playing in Houston, first time back from Harvey. Texas going to USC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, I know they smoked San Jose State, but a, an awful first game. Now they're going to Darnold, right? Mm-hmm. And the L.A. Coliseum is going to be very interesting storylines. And then here, with the hottest seat in college football, you got to cover this story too. Yeah, honestly. no, that's why I'm here this morning. Yeah, uh, you know we're going to go uh, see Kevin Tomlin. It's it's funny because I didn't think I was going to be here uh, last week or this week, and then of course what happened at UCLA happened, and then uh, you know I was I was at a game on Saturday night, and I looked at the score this game in the fourth quarter and I was like wow so certainly this is you know this is touch and go over here you know I mean nothing's a gimme at this point after seeing uh what happened against Nickel State so uh, I mean they got the win which is the most important thing obviously at the end of the day but uh it's 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 going to be worth watching here the next two three four weeks and where do you think they sit right now, Sam, as we project this forward? And mismanagement or whatever's happened at quarterback post Johnny is if it if it if it gets undone, that'll be a big part of the undoing, mm-hmm. right? Is and now they're sitting here with a dilemma. I hit this last hour a little bit, but your perspective on this, you cover college football nationally and you've very, very involved in Sumlin and also A and M since he got here and then Sumlin even prior to here at U of H. But is where they sit right now in this dilemma of knowing they've got to develop a guy, but is there time to develop a guy? Because if they lose again, he may not have any more time. No. I mean, and this goes back to me, to the conversation a year ago about whether or not you should have taken Jarrett Stidham. Mm-hmm. He would have walked stuck here. with Kellen Mond. 
because I, I, I had argued, as I think probably a handful of people would have also, that you probably should have taken that guy because if you're Kevin Sumlin, you need to worry about this year, not four years down the road. That right. said, you know, I guess it's commendable that he took because it wasn't Stidham versus Mond. It was Stidham versus Mond, Jamon Osborne. Hezekiah Jones, etc. You know, there, was, there was a lot of, right. of recruits tied tied to Mond. So, but it was calculated risk. And to be fair, Stidham hasn't been a home run just yet. Exactly. I mean, the, that, right. that didn't look great on Saturday. Granted, is against probably the best defensive line in college football in Clemson. But I mean, it wasn't like he blew the doors off on Saturday night. So that's still that's a right. question. But no, no doubt to me, and you pointed this out just a minute ago. It all if it if it comes undone, the biggest reason will be the lack of being able to find a quarterback post Johnny because and I and I feel like they had at least one in that span, but of course we know in 2015 two of them left and so and, yeah. and that's and that's in, in large part because of the way Kevin Sumlin managed. It's it. almost like the old blues men that make deals with the devil <laughs> to be the best blues player ever, right? We've mm-hmm. seen the movies, you've read the books, you hear about the crossroads, mm-hmm. right? And you're making the deal. And I, you can tear up the guitar, but then what comes along with it? And not and in this case, Johnny's not the devil in this narrative. It's just you made a deal to have the – you got the greatest quarterback ever, but what came along that you've ever seen probably – and it was as good as it's ever been here, but what came along post-Johnny, whether he left too early, whether he was a bad example to Hill and Hill couldn't hold up like Johnny could on Saturdays to what he was trying to be between Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And then that just petered out real fast. And then the Murray-Kyle thing. It is. It's a it's a weird storyline that if you, you could almost do one of those um, – uh, you could almost just do a whole history, like an oral review of the quarterback position from Johnny Manziel on. It's just a very, very key, interesting storyline here. Right. Not just for Aggies, but for college football. And, and, and the fallout from 2015 is being still felt right now because yep. theoretically you should be having probably a third-year starter right. at, at the position right now, not a freshman, not a redshirt freshman, not a true freshman. You know, not a fifth-year senior who's only started three games. Thank you, Sammy. We'll take a timeout. It's the Texas Maroon and White Report, and we'll look at the SEC schedule and a quick pick of the games that matter featuring the SEC this week on the Texas Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. Allergy congestion, cut grass, cat on the sofa, dust in the carpet. Whenever allergy congestion makes you feel trapped, break through with Allegra D for 5-in-1, 24-hour multi-symptom relief. Allegra D combines a non-drowsy antihistamine with a powerful decongestant for fast relief that starts working in just one hour. Break through allergy congestion with Allegra D. Use only as directed. Guaranteed or your money back. Visit Allegra.com. There is more to me, Queen Eliara of Elfgard, than my elven magic. Just as there's more to GEICO than saving you money, GEICO also gives you 24-7 access to licensed agents online, on the phone, or on the GEICO app. And while I am a mighty elf queen, I am also a mighty big fan of barbecue potato chips. Minions! More smoky mesquite. GEICO. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Hey, I'm Lady Gaga. Recently, I was lucky enough to spend the day with a class of students and talk to them about their dreams for the future. But I realized more than ever the struggle that teachers face every day to supply their students with the right tools and the right environment to pursue their passions. That's why I'm teaming up with Staples for Students. They're donating $2 million to DonorsChoose.org and Born This Way Foundation. Join us at StaplesForStudents.org. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. All across Texas and beyond, people are buying from Tom Light Chevrolet. 
Why? Because we constantly challenge ourselves to give you unrivaled savings. With the most competitive internet pricing available, there's no need to drive all over the map for the best closeout deals of the year. Tom White Chevrolet has the largest selection of Silverados, Cruises, Corvettes, and Camaros in the Brazos Valley. You want more for your trade? Come in and get a free cash offer on your old car with no obligation to buy. Tom White Chevrolet is your official Auto Trader trade-in marketplace dealership. Feel free to walk away with cash or use it as a down payment on your new Chevy. Because we know that when you see these amazing closeout prices, you'll never want to shop anywhere else. That's why since 1972, all roads lead to Tom Light Chevrolet. Come and see our team at North Earl Rudder Freeway in Bryan or shop us online all the time at TomLight.com. Chevy, find new roads. We first opened about 10 years ago. We were, we were small, just a few of us, but it was exciting. I always dreamt of having my own business. It was kind of slow at first, but things started picking up. We had big plans, but in our wildest dreams, we never, never thought we'd have this much work. Yeah, with so many businesses caught off guard by the storm, Reed Waste Management has never been busier. What will become of your business after a disaster? Nearly two-thirds of businesses aren't prepared for an emergency, and 40% of businesses that experience a disaster never recover. Make an emergency plan now, before it's too late. For a free online tool that helps you develop an emergency plan to keep your business up and running should disaster strike, visit ready.gov forward slash business. Brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the American Red Cross, and the Ad Council. Welcome back. Final segment of the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network. And let's run down the SEC schedule and quick pick the games against the spread of the games that matter. And I'm looking right now at about seven games, I believe, at least six that matter, and then one locally that certainly matters because A&M right now is in must-win mode no matter who the opposition is. So we'll do that last. We'll run through these relatively quickly. And we'll do it sort of by time. We'll do A&M last, but other than that, we'll do it based on when they kick off on Saturday. Number 23, Tennessee, is at number 24, Florida, this game. Looked like it was in jeopardy early this week of even being played with the effects of Hurricane Irma coming through. But they've decided they're going to play it. CBS is going to run it. And they're going to play college football in Gainesville at the Swamp this weekend. Tennessee and Florida, both fringe top 25 teams. 2.30 on CBS. The Gators are favored by four and a half points. And I've got serious concerns about Florida. Major serious concern. I got concerns about Tennessee too, but they played two games. They've won them both. They're not limping in. They're probably lucky to be two and zero. And I think the more exuberant team's going to win the game. Give me Tennessee, and I'll take those points. But I don't think you're going to need them. Tennessee outright in this game. Tell me I'm crazy. I would have been crazy early this year picking this game like this. But but football tells us stuff. And the sample size we have is that I'm not buying Florida at all, you know, at the Swamp or anywhere else. I'm picking Tennessee in this game to win the game outright. Purdue at Missouri, 3 o'clock on the SEC Network. The Tigers are favored by 7. And I'm going to lay those points and pick Missouri because Purdue, and I like Jeff Brom, and I think they'll – and they held tough with Louisville, and that's an interesting number right there. I think Missouri does win. I don't believe it's going to get beyond maybe 10, but somewhere in that range. And it'll be tight for about three and a half quarters – and it'll look very competitive in that game. But it's at Missouri. I think Missouri's offense is going to be good enough to win that game. I'm going to pick Missouri and lay those points. Number 12, LSU at Mississippi State. A very interesting game. Main channel ESPN at 6 o'clock Saturday. The Tigers going on the road favored by a cool seven points. I'm going to go... I'm going to go Mississippi State and the points, and I think Mississippi State wins the game, okay? Mississippi State with Dan Mullen, he's got them playing really well on defense. Uh, Todd Grantham's a good defensive coordinator. May have some meathead about him, but he's a good defensive coordinator. The run game's going with Aries Williams and, of course, Nick Fitzgerald's Nick Fitzgerald. I think he's the best quarterback in the league. Give me Mississippi State here with LSU. Has still a lot to prove against a good team. Going to Stark Vegas and the Cowbells. Mississippi State wins the game outright. Tigers favored by seven. I'll take State in the points, but I think 
the Bulldogs win it outright. Tell me I'm crazy next week. Number 18, Kansas State at Vanderbilt, 630 on ESPNU, and the Wildcats going on the road under Bill Snyder, favored by four. I'll lay those points. K-State wins the game. Vanderbilt still has to show me something. They've looked really good early, but they beat uh, Middle Tennessee, who's a good team, but an FCS team on the road, and then they come back and beat Alabama A&M and drill them, but it's Alabama A&M. I want to see them play a good team. They're going to play a good team this week, and it's prove-it time for Derek Mason as to whether Vandy's going to take a major step forward this year. Kentucky at South Carolina, 6.30 on the SEC Network. Gamecocks favored by 6.5. I'll lay those points. I like the Gamecocks. They're riding high, and they've got Debo Samuel, and Kentucky doesn't. Kentucky uh, was up 17-16 in the fourth quarter uh, against a bad football team last week, an FCS team, and I just don't believe that Kentucky – is who we thought they could be this year. I thought they had an explosive offense. I thought Steven Johnson was going to take the next step. But Eastern Kentucky had sites in Eastern Kentucky. Think about that. Not Western Kentucky. Not Western Kentucky. Not WKU. Eastern Kentucky came into Kentucky of all places. Commonwealth Stadium and had sites of winning the game. The Wildcats were able to pull away, but I'm not buying them right now. Thought I was before the year. Buying South Carolina, they'll lay the six and a half. South Carolina wins the game going away. Ole Miss at Cal. Boy, that's a tough game to pick. 9.30 on ESPN. Rebels actually favored on the road by three and a half. Cal is at, Cal's 2-0 and on the year. Cal goes to North Carolina, gets a big win on the road. I'm buying Cal. And I know that Shea Patterson factor is a big reason here. For Ole Miss being favored by what they are, but I'm going Cal to win the game outright. I'll take the points, but Cal is going to win this game outright. Playing at home, playing in Berkeley, I don't understand the three and a half there. It's got to be Shea Patterson factor, but Cal can move the football. And Cal's starting to get done done more on defense too with Tim DeRuiter coordinating that defense. Justin Wilcox you got two defensive minds there, uh, head coach and defensive coordinator, and they've got a good young quarterback. I know Shea Patterson's great, but give me Cal to win the game outright. And then A&M hosting ooh-la-la, Louisiana. The University of Louisiana is what they prefer to be called. We know them as the University of Louisiana at Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns. It's 11 o'clock on the SEC Network, and the Aggies favored by 24. A&M wins this game. I don't see A&M beating a team by 24 right now. Now, you got to ask yourself, is A&M the team who blew a 34-point lead in 17 minutes? on the road at UCLA are the team that built a 34-point lead against UCLA. I think it's more of the latter, frankly, than the former. And maybe it's somewhere in between. We're going to find out. Uh, Lafayette is 130th in scoring defense, and they're 128th in total defense. And A&M should score 60 if they're a good offense in this game. But I'm not feeling like they're going to get there. I think they're still going to force feed Mon, and he's got a long way to go. So I don't think A&M beats them by 24. Maybe 20, maybe 17, something like that. They win it handily, but 24 is a lot of points to lay. So, ooh-la-la on the points, but A&M wins the game. And that will conclude the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report for another week. We'll be back to break down that game against the Raging Cajuns and look ahead to the start of SEC play against Arkansas. That's all coming your way next week. Gabe Bach with you. This is the Tex-Ags Maroon and White Report on the CRM Sports Network.